0: This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three,
1: two, one.
0: And hello, I'm your host,
1: Wes Bleed. We really wanted this to be a direct-to-consumer program and effort, because right now, for the most part, when we talk about uh, federal government assistance to water... Um, And as the subject matter experts on this podcast know all too well, um, most of that is geared towards public water systems.
0: That's Josh Green of AO Smith talking about the focus of the new Healthy H2O Act initiated by WQA and which has recently been introduced in the U.S. Senate. And welcome to WQA Radio, where we bring you news and insights about the water treatment industry and promote better water quality around the world. This is episode number 266, and if you're joining us for the first time, we're glad you're here. Welcome. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcast app or player so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. And if you wouldn't mind, leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. We would appreciate it. We're publishing this on May 11th of 2022. Find us at WQA.org on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. In this episode, we feature a discussion with Josh Green, along with WQA Government Affairs Director Jeremy Pollack, and Kathleen Burbage, WQA's Associate Director for External Affairs, about the Healthy H2O Act. What are the next steps for moving the legislation along in Congress, And how will the program benefit WQA members? WQA's Susan Keaton will join me for our discussion. Later, we'll have our motivational minute and our WQA tip. Now on to Josh Green, Jeremy Pollack, and Kathleen Burbage on WQA Radio. And our podcast topic today is the Healthy Drinking Water Affordability Act, also known as the Healthy H2O Act, and I am joined by WQA, Digital Media and Content Manager, Susan Keaton today for the podcast. Susan, welcome.
2: Hi, thank you, Wes. Why
0: don't you take us through what this bill is and introduce our guests?
2: Okay, well, first of all, the Healthy H2O Act was introduced in the Senate on April 26th by U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, and um, we're going to go into more detail in a minute, but it's going to provide grants for water testing and the purchase of certified treatment products for households, mostly those in rural areas who rely primarily on private wells. Um, what people might not know is that this bill actually grew from uh, something called the Clean Water for All Initiative, which was first proposed by a WQA task force. Um, so we have the chair of the task force with us today. Joshua Green is the corporate vice president for government and industry affairs at AO Smith Corporation. And he's going to be joined today by uh, Jeremy Pollock, WQA's government affairs director, and Kathleen Burbage, WQA's associate director for external affairs.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much, Susan. So, Josh, first question, can you take us back a little bit, give us, especially for those who may not be as aware of the bill and the legislation and the process, how did this uh, get started and, uh, and your involvement, if you could, please?
1: Sure, Wesson, thank you for having me. And uh, it's good to hear and see everyone. And thanks again to Susan and your efforts in this regard. And um, as this, you know, Clean Water Task Force, and now it's come to be the Healthy H two O Act, really started with an idea. Uh, I want to say at this point we're almost two years <laughs> into uh, catalyst and genesis, um, and what was a conversation among some industry participants, as well as with the helpful aid of uh, WQA staff and Kathleen and Kathleen um, Peer at the time, uh, David Loveday. Um, And it was a way in which we wanted to see, are are there federal policies that we could be thinking about that would not only help our industry, but more importantly, help consumers who are trying to tackle acute water quality challenges? And we know that our industry has the equipment uh, to address those those challenges. And uh, from there, it really was a conversation about um, what would be the best legislative vehicle, potentially, um, that we could craft with some uh, champions of the water quality industry in Congress um, to provide, you know, said uh, support and relief to those consumers. Um, so what was a, a very rigorous and robust discussion uh, amongst the task force members um, of our peers in industry was... Um, then begot uh, what was the Clean Water for All uh, Bill, um, which is now migrated in terms of its title uh, and a little bit of its structure. Um, so that's kind of a snapshot, Wes, of uh, where we've been over the last couple of years. Um, and it's been a great uh, ride and we're looking really forward to having the act um, pass Congress.
0: Yes, Josh, and uh, you mentioned rigorous, and I can think of no better word than to think about all of the discussions and the calls and uh, the different drafts that you all have been involved in. Could you explain briefly the main components of the bill?
1: Sure. Um, uh, Three main components um, uh, of the bill, and primarily we're talking about water quality testing, um, which is very important for all consumers, regardless of where uh, they get their water, Um, but particular uh, in rural areas and folks that are on very small uh, water systems, Um, product availability and the installation thereon. Um, And also the third and perhaps perhaps a key component is getting our industry participants, our certified water quality dealers, specialists, others, to install that property um, in the right way, in a professional way, uh, and up to manufacturers' uh, certifications and instructions such that, the water treatment equipment can do what it's intended to do, uh, which is uh, remove or significantly reduce uh, health-based contaminants from water. So those are the three main components. Uh, there are a couple of other pieces that I know Jeremy uh, Pollack can probably talk about as well, um, but we're excited about those three and uh, again, looking forward to uh, action on the bill in Congress. Great. Susan, let me toss it over to you.
2: Okay, well, maybe Jeremy can explain to us a little bit about how this bill will work its way through Congress and toward approval.
3: Great, and thank you for having me today. So with legislation in general, especially at the federal level, we see that a bill becomes a law about 4% of the time, it hovers around uh, in the single digits. So we have a large task ahead of us. Uh, drafting the bill uh, was, was a process where we were able to pull on a whole bunch of other organizational supporters, which is important. Um, in addition to the Water Quality Association, we have the National Groundwater Association, the Water Systems Council, the American Supply Association, NSF, IATMO, uh, Water Well Trust, and others. Uh, so we're hoping that having this broad organization organizational support uh, will help us push this legislation past the finish line. Although we got this bill introduced in the Senate, we need to work on getting this introduced in the House. Uh, ad- additionally... Uh, although this legislation is considered a no-brainer by many of the offices we we've spoken with, an important part to get a vote uh, on this going forward would be to attach it to a, a larger legislative vehicle. And so we've been looking specifically at the Farm Bill, which is a comprehensive spending bill that is passed every five years. So it's must-pass legislation. The most recent reiteration of that bill will expire in 2023, um, and they'll be working on that. Uh, drafting of that uh, in Congress throughout this year. And so we're hoping to have uh, this bill, the Healthy H2O Act, attach that larger legislative vehicle in order to increase its chances of passing and becoming law. All
2: right. And we're working to find somebody in the House who will introduce it for us. And how does that work?
3: Correct. So we're still working on ramping up additional support in the Senate. Uh, Luckily for us, uh, last about a couple weeks ago, we had our uh, Water Week virtual congressional fly-in at WQA, we conducted 50 meetings, uh, most of those meetings focused on garnering support for the Healthy H2O Act. Uh, from our initial conversations with the House, there's broad support for this, and we have a lot of people who are interested in supporting the bill. or we're looking for the ideal uh, s- sponsors uh, both on both sides of the aisle. Uh, so this is something that we'll be pushing going forward, specifically with people on the Agriculture uh, Committee. And we're really showing reaching out to offices whose constituents are facing uh, drinking water challenges.
0: Hey, I wanted to jump in here uh, and introduce Kathleen Burbage. Uh, Kathleen was for a, t- for a fairly long time the WQA, uh, Government Affairs and Regulatory Affairs uh, Manager, and was involved heavily Uh, in those early days. And Kathleen, uh, welcome. Appreciate your joining us. Give us a sense of uh, this must be gratifying to see the progress this bill has made.
4: Yeah, happy to be here to really celebrate the introduction of the Healthy H2O Act. You know, it's coming back two years, like Josh said, uh, kind of mid-summer of 2020 is when we kicked off the task force uh, for really looking at what vehicles and what solutions our industry could provide through uh, our work with Congress. But really going back seven years before that is when David Loveday and I had really been working on our awareness and education and presence in D.C. And just seeing the congressional uh, summit and all of the support from our members a couple of weeks ago during Water Week is just a testament to how much, uh, how much presence and how far we've come as an industry uh, with Congress really being aware of the solutions we can provide. So it's given us a great environment to have the healthy H2O Act be introduced. So it's something that I think we certainly all should be celebrating.
0: And Kathleen, if you could describe uh, uh, briefly how you feel that the, the new law would benefit WQA members.
4: Sure. So the healthy issue, it's focusing on addressing those water contaminants of concern. You know, every customer we're talking to, talking about health effects, talking about these uh, contaminants that they're worried about, this bill does a three-step approach to addressing that. There's the testing so that they have an understanding of what contaminants are in their water. There's the treatment, making sure that they get certified products installed that can remediate those concerns. And then there's the maintenance. There's at the end, you know, the industry's mission has always been to be an advocate and resource for the betterment of water quality. And that includes making sure that whatever solution is installed is then maintained correctly. And this bill goes all the way to that stage of making sure that uh, the household, the, um, the consumer is being able to test, treat, and maintain the solutions we provide.
0: Great. Thank you. Susan? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I wondered if maybe, uh, Josh or Jeremy could explain a little bit about how the, how the program would work. It's going to be, I understand, a grant program.
3: Yeah, so it's a grant program by the Secretary of Agriculture, at USDA, and those who can apply for this grant are individuals, um, including renters, homeowners, property owners, uh, those uh, licensed childcare facilities, in addition to nonprofits and governmental entities.
1: And I would say, Susan, just to add, and you know, one of the reasons why the task force um, came up with potentially. Having the United States Department of Agriculture be the implementer, right, of said uh, said program, is that while we're uh, really kind of gearing this towards rural constituencies, constituencies excuse me, and ex-urban uh, constituencies and folks that are on very uh, small systems. Um, Jeremy, of course, has alluded to renters, um, which could otherwise qualify. that are on you know public water systems. Uh, was that we wanted to. Have an agency where there was currently trust, as well as uh, nonprofits um, that the agency works with in terms of community outreach. Um, USDA has a has a, a wonderful working relationship with an organization called the Rural Community Action Partnership, which is a network of both nonprofits and other entities uh, that help with rural outreach. Um, and considering their inherent constituencies between. The USDA and e- US EPA on water, and depending upon where one sits, uh, you can have certain views. <laughs> of either agency uh, these days, uh, but USDA really has that rural um, trust factor, and that was important to us in terms of um, programmatic uh, implementation here.
2: The, the hope is uh, is the government grant program, which. Might sound intimidating, but the idea is for individual homeowners or renters or, you know, like you mentioned, the daycare to apply themselves for the money. And so it's not or with the help of a water treatment specialist. Correct.
1: That's correct, Susan. And kind of going back to one of the threshold kind of structural conversations that the task force had and now it's made its way into the legislation uh, was that we really wanted this to be a direct to consumer program and effort. Because right now, for the most part, when we talk about uh, federal government assistance to water, um, and as the subject matter experts on this podcast know all too well, um, most of that is geared towards public water systems. And it's the utility that's otherwise receiving uh, the money. It's the utility that's otherwise coming up with the projects and the programs. And their rate payers are obviously part of that in terms of their thought process. Uh, But at the end of the day, that's not really direct to them. So we wanted to make sure that if we are going to ask the federal government to stand up a program to help people with their water quality challenges, we wanted it to be as direct as possible so that solutions could be provided as quickly as possible, and hence the grant program is structured in such a way so that the assistance is direct to you or I um, that may be having a problem with our water quality at our home. Uh, And while there are other nonprofits and municipalities that may otherwise be eligible uh, to receive the funding, this is really about helping people uh, immediately.
4: And Susan, if I could jump in just to give, you know, a broader picture to The impact of this bill, just like Josh mentioned, there's nearly 43 million households across the United States that rely on private wells. And that means that they're solely responsible for their water quality. And so when we're looking at this direct-to-consumer approach, we're looking at these private well owners who would otherwise not really have those resources available to them to learn about their water through testing, find solutions and maintenance.
0: Hey, Jeremy, real quick, um, finding this house sponsor, knowing that, at least what I've heard in the past uh, from you and others, that water seems to have fairly bipartisan support. How optimistic are you that we'll find this house sponsor soon? And uh, what else? also, what is the timetable overall for how this would get eventually folded into the farm bill?
3: That's a great question. Uh, So on the House side, uh, as I mentioned before, we already talked to a number of offices, including uh, some of that outreach was done directly from WQA members. And the more that uh, constituents of these members of Congress uh, talk to them about the importance of the bill, the higher the chances we are of getting a, a sponsor or champion here soon. Uh, We're really looking at getting a lead on the Committee of Agriculture in the House uh, in the next week or two, uh, try to build off the momentum of the Senate introduction and our virtual congressional fly-in. And so we are also working with a number of organizations, uh, talking to our members in all of the states um, that each of these offices that we're working with or have been briefing on this matter, uh, to have them uh, reach out to their members of Congress, encourage them to sponsor this bill and really say what are the challenges that they're facing in their district or their state and why this is so important, especially as the boots on the ground who see this, experience it um, every day. And so one thing about this bill and what we've learned with drinking water issues and challenges across the U.S. is it's a bipartisan issue because no matter your political affiliation, uh, these health challenges are facing everyday Americans all, all across the country.
0: Great discussion guys any f- any final thoughts or uh, ideas here that we need to discuss uh, before we wrap it up
4: So all I would say is that if you have any questions about the healthy h2o Act you want to read our fact sheets or take a look at the whole bill you could visit wre.org or you know always reach out to Jeremy and the government Affairs team.
3: I can just add in that if you have any questions specifically about the bill, and we would like to discuss it, feel free to reach out to us at Affairs at wqa.org. Uh, that email will go directly to the government affairs team. and We'd be happy to meet with you.
2: Okay. And that uh, website, uh, we have a direct link to the website. It's wqa.org slash healthy H2O. And uh, that will take you to where you can see a, a copy of the actual uh, legislation and a kind of a little fact sheet on it, and it also gives you some background on the WQA task force and how it came about. So, um, this has been a great discussion. We want to thank our guests, Kathleen Burbidge and Jeremy Pollock, and Joshua Green, of course, from A. O. Smith. We appreciate your your uh, hard work and your uh, thought, all the thought that went into this bill. So, uh, thank you again.
0: Right. And thank you so much, Susan. Appreciate your joining me here on WQA Radio. And now our motivational minute. I ran across a great quote from author Jack London. It's about inspiration, something I know you can use. Here's what Jack London once said. You can't wait for inspiration. You have to go after it with a club. I like that because it reminds us that we are often most inspired as we take action, as we go after it, as we move toward a goal. I actually had the experience not long ago. I was discussing a plan with one idea in mind when an alternative came to mind instead. I might have never thought of it had I simply waited for inspiration to strike. So don't wait for inspiration, but rather Go after it. And that's our Motivational Minute. And now our WQA tip. We know it's been tough to hire the workforce you need, especially for dealers. That's why we have our WQA Career Center, where you can post a job and look for that next wave of talent. With the WQA Career Center, you can get the same state-of-the-art services that you would get with commercial job boards and more, Plus, WQA is a member of the Engineering and Science Career Network, so your job posts reach a much wider audience. Go to wqa.org careers to get started, and remember, WQA member companies get a member discount. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at WQA.org and of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at WQA.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.